Bullshit and Suck, a podcast about how to love your singleness. Imagine that. I'm your host, Esther Marie, and I wrote a book called Single Shouldn't Suck because it really shouldn't. Being single should not suck. It should be an epic adventure. And this podcast goes into all of the fun and awkward nuances that encapsulate and are the essence of the season of singleness. I hope you laugh your head off and maybe shed a few tears just because it's that hilarious and that relatable. One, two, one, two. Testing one, two. We are rolling. Episode number three on the Single Shouldn't Suck podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am chilling in my home studio once again, aka my car, and hanging out at a park nearby that overlooks the water. Wish you were here with me, but I wanted to thank you guys so much for listening and for writing in. I've gotten some really cool messages from people who have been relating to the stories that I've been sharing and that's really cool to hear that you guys feel so seen and heard and are connecting with this message. And I'd love to hear from you. If you also have a story, please write in. I will attach my email to the description here on the podcast, but it's just so cool to hear just what God is speaking to you guys and how this message is impacting you. So I wanted to share a message from this awesome girl that wrote in her story. It's so similar to mine. And, uh, what she says, I feel like we can all really relate to. She said, Hi, Esther. I just listened to your podcast and can hardly believe that your story so closely reflects mine. I was homeschooled, the I kiss dating goodbye cult that my cousin introduced me to, virginity till marriage is the goal in life, purity rings for everyone, still haven't gotten my first kiss, I've never been in love, I'm 31 too, and I'm frustrated, wondering if loneliness is a sin or means something's wrong with me. Wondering if the one is out there, giving up and saying, I'm cool with being single forever. Then breaking down, bawling my eyes out, wishing I could get married and start a family. Oh, and I often take off on solo hiking and camping trips. Thanks for your words. It's even just nice to know someone is out there that understands what I've been through. How amazing is that? That it's like we need to know that we're not alone and that the things we're feeling are not wrong And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us if we are frustrated with our singleness and asking these questions. But here's my problem. The fact that she's crying herself to sleep and thinks that loneliness is a sin and is questioning if the one is out there and is questioning why her story has happened the way that it's happened. The fact that that exists, the fact that there is no resolve for people who are feeling this way. And I really think that the reason why there's such a conflict with our emotions and even a conflict with our faith and our conversation between us and God is because of some of the untruths that we've believed and we've built our entire dating lives and social lives sometimes around these untruths and the misbeliefs of who we are and how we are supposed to find relationship. I want to talk today about what it really means to let go of finding the one, if we can get to that, and unpack this concept around the one. Why have we idolized it? Why have we become so obsessed as a culture and a subculture within Christianity obsessed with this idea of becoming the one and searching for the one. You know, the 
there is a lot of narrative in our Christian culture that really puts an emphasis on personal development and self-growth and, you know, just focusing on yourself to become the best spouse for your future spouse during this time of singleness. And I think that is great. Totally work on yourself and grow. That's beautiful. That's what this season is for. But why have we kind of given it this, this stamp of, uh, like we are trying to prove ourselves to be something for someone one day. I think it really has more uh, more to do with us learning how to love ourselves and approve of ourselves for ourselves and to God, prove ourselves to God and learn how to walk out what he's called us to regardless of our relationships and learn how to be good stewards of relationships. But this dynamic of becoming a spouse and revolving our entire ethos and evolving and self-discovery around searching for someone and becoming a spouse is really where I think we get into some murky water and confuse the season of singleness. So today I really want to dive into that. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe in soulmates? I know that's a hefty question and I know maybe maybe you're struggling with the definition of the word soulmate. So for the sake of this conversation, let's assume the definition is one person you are destined to be with. Okay? Think about that. Think about it. Get back to me. Do you believe in soulmates? There's no right or wrong answer. Let's just talk about it. Well, the concept of searching for our better half and this idea of a soulmate or there being just one person destined for us, it's been inundated in us. It's been perpetuated by culture, by the entertainment industry, by Hollywood, even by our own sermons and messages in church sometimes. And I think that we've really gotten lost in the in the story because... Let's be honest, romance is exciting. Romance is appealing. That sex appeal is exciting and and we crave it. And that is beautiful to crave. It is. I really, I want people to hear me. I want you to hear me that I am not diminishing the beauty of marriage. I am not diminishing the beauty of relationship or longing for romance. Gosh, what a beauty that is. I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I've had to love someone, to fall in love, and to be in relationship. It is such an exciting time, and it really refines us. And I can see the gift that God has given us when I am in a relationship. But I want to kind of bring it back to center here and say, why are we so consumed with this romanticized concept of a forever with someone and this idea of someone completing us, and this idea of a better half or the one. Why is that our all-consuming desire? I think we need to ask these questions. You know, is there just one? What does it mean to actually find the one? How do we know what that feels like? Does it feel like something special, or does it feel more normal and like a slow progression? How many ones do we have to go through before we find the ultimate one? How do we know which one is the right one? So many questions. And I think that 
it's good to ask these questions. It doesn't mean that we don't have faith. It doesn't mean that we're doubting God. It's saying, hey, God, how are you involved in my story? And what am I doing that I might need to recalibrate some of my ideas or my beliefs around how you designed this to be? Where have we maybe missed it? And maybe instead of being in faith, while we may call it faith, we've actually fallen into apathy. So I want to talk about that today. And I truly believe the involvement of God is clearly at play in many unions in the Bible. Don't get me wrong. But I want to ask us, Have we made a universal principle out of one method demonstrated in the Bible? Is God mysteriously leading you to just one spouse? This question has honestly haunted me. It's one of the reasons why I started writing my book. It's this idea that maybe I just need to wait and let God move and I don't need to do anything. But while I do believe that God is moving, I actually believe that he also wants us to move with him. And that he has given us more of an active role in the story than we may have realized. So in this chapter in my book, it's entitled, He's Not the One. And I share this story about my 22nd birthday where me and two of my best friends are on this hike. And uh, I just get this crazy idea to throw some rocks off of this mountain that we were on. And I kiss the rock and I say the name of a couple guys or a guy that I had a crush on or that I really liked and I thought he was the one. And I yell at the top of my lungs, he's not the one. And I throw it and check it off the mountain. <laughs> and I'm like throwing all these rocks and screaming and my friends pick up rocks and they're doing the exact same thing. You got to love it when your friends are weird with you. Because it just makes it all the more fun and it makes you feel normal. (laughs) So I love that my friends do that. And so a couple minutes later, we realize we've literally been throwing rocks at people hiking the trail beneath us. We had no clue that we almost totally hit them. And we're just being total weirdos and crazies. But it was cool because in that moment, it was like this release where we were letting go of what we thought should have been or could have been or the what ifs of life and the what ifs of these potential relationships where we thought we heard from God or we thought, you know, we saw a sign that we were supposed to be with that person and just released it in this hippie-esque moment. And I will say it was brought freedom. It brought release to say, hey, like maybe, maybe it was just my assumptions about this person and how much more I was into them than they were into me and, and just dreaming and creating an idol out of a a potential future with them without actually living it out and having fully walked the course of dating them and getting to know them and putting in the time and, and putting in the prayers during that time. You know, I think that there's so much more in the nuance of those dynamics than we give credit to. And we often jump the gun and we say, oh, I met the one. I'm totally going to marry that person. That is my guy or that is my future wife. And we have yet to know what their favorite color is or <laughs> ask them, you know, what they want to do with their futures. And we build a idol out of a potential relationship with them. I was talking to a friend this morning and he mentioned to me how the other day he was praying and asking God to reveal to him his future spouse and he ended up having the most insane day and didn't meet anyone new. 
but he said that he just felt the need to be honest and pray this audacious prayer, you know, and have bold faith and, and ask God because he says, you know, we have not because we ask not. And I, and I love his bold approach. I love that he's honest with God because I think sometimes we don't do that. We sometimes stuff down what we truly desire and what we truly want to ask God. We, we don't put it out there. But I love that he had the innocence to do that. But I kind of challenged him a little bit. I said, you know, maybe what you're defining as bold faith is actually more apathetic than you realize. You know, maybe the kind of bold faith that God is looking for doesn't look like asking for something. Maybe he's the one asking us. Maybe he's the one that is saying, hey, who are you becoming? Where are you going with your life? What decisions are you going to make today? Who are you going to ask out? Here are some great options. Go for it. Maybe God is giving us more permission than we realize. And we're not seeing the opportunity because we're so focused on asking him to show us something that he's saying, hey, why don't you go knock on a few doors? Because maybe that's a little bit more uncomfortable, but requires more faith from you. You know, what if we shifted from this concept of asking to activation? Because God has given us every gift and every uh, everything that we need he's put inside of us. But it requires grace and faith for us to access those things that he's given us and to trust him as our compass. So I, I think that there's some merit to kind of releasing and letting go of striving to have all of the answers to these questions and striving to figure out how to be the one and figure out how to find the one or even fast and pray for our future spouse, maybe maybe that's not the greatest act of faith that God is looking for. You know, maybe we've, we've kind of created more of a religion and more of our own concept of what we think is what God is looking for in this. Maybe, maybe he's actually leaving room for us to dream into it with him. Why are we searching so far and wide for the one? Why are we so obsessed? Well, I want to say that God created us for relationship. And I, and, I, and I know this is so generic and it sounds just like, you know, like it's not really fulfilling the, the true desire and the true longing of why. But hear me out. God gave us a holy frustration for relationship. He gave us a holy frustration, a craving and a longing for a relationship with him. He gave us a longing and a desire to be known and to be seen in ways that only the eternal can fill. He gave us a longing and a desire to be in relationship with other humans that friendships can fulfill, that, you know, that uh, family can fulfill and that a romantic relationship can fulfill. So God created us with these, almost like these gaps in our relational longing, in our relational makeup and the components that, that all add to us learning how to be human, learning how to be in community. He gave us a longing for that. So that's beautiful. Let's celebrate that. Let's not diminish that. We need that. If we didn't feel lonely, we wouldn't long to be in relationship. We would be totally okay and content on our own. There 
does get to be a place where we are content on our own, but we still long for connection, right? But here's the difference. Okay, we are born into a family. We're given family connections. We are making friends daily. We're choosing our friends. But the romantic component, the romantic relationship, you can't force that. You're not born into a romantic relationship. You can't just go to school and, you know, say to the girl or guy next to you, hey, you want to be my boyfriend? You want to marry me? I mean, you could if you wanted to. But there's such a unique dynamic to the journey of meeting someone, falling in love, and having that romantic connection that we really need the involvement of the divine in that. We can't just do that on our own. You know, it's something that we really do need to partner with God in. And I think the reason why, and this is not, you know, this is just Esther's uh, philosophy, and this is just my my own personal understanding. But I really believe that God not only wants to be involved and not only wants to lead us to our future spouse, but He wants us to be involved. He wants us to co-write the story with Him. He wants us to dream into it with Him. He wants us to ask bigger questions, not which one, but which way. Which way are you leading me? Which way should I go today, God? Where is my life calling, guiding me? What is my passion? What are these things inside of me, the gifts inside of me I don't even know about yet? What kinds of groups of people are they leading me to? What businesses have I not even thought of yet? What church have I not attended or conferences I I have yet to dream into or memories I have yet to make, trips I have yet to take? You know, I think that there's so much more within us. God wants us to stir up and and be inspired by that will lead us to meeting a significant other. And it's such a byproduct of us becoming who he created us to be. And I think that that requires more faith, actually, than just praying a prayer of God reveal to me who my future spouse is today. You know, I think that that requires more activation. The Bible says faith works by love and love is active. Love is movement. Love transforms things. Love takes full action. It is an extended arm. It is fully engaged It is thinking and looking at things from a wider perspective, almost like a satellite view. And that's what I really want to do today. I pray that this conversation is causing us to zoom out or like even updating the iOS system of our thought process and the way that we viewed this conversation or this concept of the one. Maybe God is saying, hey, I've put some great people in your life. Maybe have you thought about you know, this person and this friend of yours? And and have you really gotten to know that person? Or hey, I'm going to put a desire in your heart to go to Montana and to go volunteer at a ranch out there. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. But there's so much more that God wants to inspire in us that's going to show us what's already right in front of us and the movement that he's doing, the way that he's working behind the scenes. God is always working behind the scenes. He is writing our story, but he wants to co-write with us. I want to challenge you guys. Maybe we've been looking for God to do something that he's actually given us an empowerment to step into. You know, maybe he's asking us to live this out a little bit more boldly than we've we've given ourselves credit for we've given ourselves the permission for maybe he's asking us to trust his guidance by doing and taking these steps of faith 
rather than just praying. I'm not saying not to pray. Yes, pray, ask audacious things. But my goodness, ask a girl out. <laughs> ask that guy out if you're interested or, or, or just, you know, make a connection, build a friendship. Or maybe it has nothing to do with a relationship. Maybe it has something to do with you and the way, the direction, the path that God is calling you to. Rather than asking him which one, ask him which way. Which way are you leading me, God? Who am I becoming on this journey? Maybe praying for the one and writing letters to our future spouse and idealizing this idea of a perfect romance that's sent from God, even if you know you believe that. Maybe that's more of an idol than bold faith. I mean, think about it. Maybe the fantasies that we're building around this concept of meeting someone in this hallmark moment happening, maybe that is more of a lack of faith than it is having faith. Maybe God wants us to let that go so we can step into a greater revelation of who we're called to be. So I want to challenge you guys. I'm not saying to start doing weird things and and throw away your theology. No. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, hey, let's ask some better questions. Let's let go of trying to make something happen with our prayers and think that the supernatural is going to just drop into our lap. I believe God is at work. I believe he's moving. I believe he's on your side. I believe that he wants to be a part of your romance and your story. But I believe he's also wanting to activate something in you that is so much greater Maybe it's not going to end in marriage, but maybe it will end in a more authentic you. So I want to challenge you guys out there. If you feel like you've been frustrated in your search for the one and you feel like you're doing all the things, you're using all the dating apps and you're doing, you feel like you're asking people out and you're really activated in that and you still feel frustrated, I might say, hey, pump the brakes on that a little bit and get a little bit more intimate with Jesus and and ask him what is he doing inside of you you know what does he want to open up your perspective to and what can you shift in order to recalibrate with his story that he's writing and and how you can co-write with him and maybe maybe you're on the other side of that spectrum and you're not asking people out or you're not dating and and you feel like no one asked you out or you feel unseen kind of like this girl that wrote into me i want to encourage you to begin to shift your perspective and start to activate those prayers that you're praying. Begin to see God moving in your life and know that it is going to be so good, but also know that you have an active role to play in this story. That He wants you to dream into it with Him. Write some dreams down. I don't know what it is, but I know that God wants to activate you and know that He wants to partner with you. You are not alone on your journey. You are not overlooked. You are not neglected. You are so seen by God. And I believe that he wants to put things in your life. He wants to put a person in your life to have a beautiful romance with. And I believe that he is inviting you into this story with him, to co-write it with him, to live it out. And I believe it's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. So I challenge you to let go of your search of this concept of trying to find the one and let that go. Let it go that, you know, you need to find this certain one and just really be excited about the ones that are right in front of you, the ones that need your love. 
the ones that need your attention, the ones that you already have, and allow the story to develop naturally and start being activated in all that God puts in your path and all that He inspires in your heart and in your dreams. And I know you are going to be so amazed and blown away at what He does with your story. Thank you guys so much for joining today. I hope that this encouraged you. I hope that you found yourself challenged in and a little called out maybe because, hey, I've been there too. I wouldn't have written this book if I didn't have my own issues of idolizing the concept of the one. I promise you, I used to think that I didn't need to date. I thought that I didn't need to put myself out there at all, that God would just descend his light from heaven on me and reveal me to my future spouse. But you know what? That is not the truth. That is not what I've been called to. God has called me into a bold life, and I've positioned myself in my calling, and I know that that's going to be attractive to the man that I marry one day. So hey, I believe that there's also something in you that God wants to activate that's going to be so attractive to the person you end up with one day. But guess what? That's a byproduct. That's a byproduct of you stepping into that calling boldly. It's not the magic formula that's going to cause them to suddenly appear in your life unless it's Amazon Prime delivery guy or delivery girl and they show up at your door. He ain't going to be dropped on your doorstep. So so I hope you're encouraged today. Thank you guys so much for joining. I cannot wait to continue these conversations and hear from you. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and yeah, email me your stories because I love hearing uh, your own journey and what you are learning in this season of singleness. Over and out.